This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready, because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 79. My name is Jeff, and on this weekend's episode, I have a guest in the cafe. My first guest of 2021. It is the apprentice Ewok Brandon. He is here to answer the BMC5 questions. And then we talk a little bit about a little show that's on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. We talk all about season two. We get his thoughts and feelings on what he liked about season two. And, of course, at the end of the show today, after my outro, I'll be playing Episode 3 of the New Hope radio drama, so look forward to that. But first, we have to have our conversation with the Apprentice Ewok, Brandon. So here it is, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome into the cafe, Brandon. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. And so my first my first question, um, why 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 hand the handle apprentice Ewok? Uh that's funny, I get that question a lot. Um <laughs> I uh when I was little I used to watch the original trilogy with my mom all the time and it seemed like Return of the Jedi was the movie that we watched the most. And I think it was mostly because I was a kid and I loved the teddy bears, you know, I loved the Ewoks. So I, when I started my Twitter and YouTube stuff uh, about a year ago, I was like, okay, so obviously I'm going to pick an Ewok. And then I was like, okay, I'm not going to do Master Ewok or anything like that. And I was just like, oh, Apprentice Ewok sounds pretty cool. So it just kind of stuck. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I've had different handles for my twitter over the years and i don't know i just i could really never come up with a really cool one <laughs> but as you know my my current one is sw fish 77 which is just basically the first half of my last name and the year star wars came out yeah hey so, it's all good but yeah but I, i've always liked that handle that's why i wouldn't ask you yeah thank um, you so 
I take it you're you're a big fan of the murder bears, right? Oh yeah, love the murder bears. Awesome. Yeah, because I, as an original trilogy fan, I get that question a lot from other original trilogy kids. Like, well, in '83, you you had to been what about 12, 13, 14 maybe, and I'm like, yeah, so. <laughs> and, and those little childish teddy bears didn't bother you. I was like, no, because I was a kid. I, I yeah. still consider myself a kid. Right. They didn't bother me. So, yeah, I I don't know. I've always been sort of like a big kid anyway. So, yeah, even with the new stuff, people, you know, question me on that because I, I love the Porgs and all the, uh, what, Babu Frick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Babu's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, you like what you like and you really don't, don't let anybody else dictate what you know you should like or not like i guess is like my motto exactly amen to that yeah so before we get really into talking about you know star wars and ewoks and stuff i sent you the blue mill cafe five questions that i ask every guest that comes into the cafe Mm -hmm. are you ready to go ahead and start answering those yeah we can do that all right cool the first question I always ask is, what is your Star Wars story? How were you introduced to Star Wars, and how did it become such a big part of your life? All right. So um, I was introduced to Star Wars through my mom. Uh, she was in her mid-teens when the original Star Wars came out. So she was a big fan of that. She worked in an arcade. She worked at a movie theater. So she was big into all of that when she was that age so uh we used to watch the original trilogy all the time together uh as you know as you can tell i'm a huge fan of the ewoks right um but i think it's really cool because when i was a couple years old my my mom either had a costume made or she made a costume of an ewok so i went as an ewok for halloween when i was a couple years old uh so that's another reason why why my handle is what it is but right. i i was i got to experience the original trilogy watching it with my mom i was born in 1995 so the special editions are pretty much what i know okay. um but then i mean i was four years old when when phantom menace came out so that was the first movie star wars movie that i saw in theaters so i had pretty much all of the the com tech um episode one action figures and I had a couple of the pod racers and um, I just I, I loved being raised with the prequel trilogy and my mom will admit it she didn't like the prequels at the time but she used to watch them with me and uh, the VHS of the Phantom Menace actually like melted because I had watched it so many times um, and yeah. mo mostly the pod racing scenes but um, I uh you know, and and it's it's sad, but I, I got bullied pretty bad for liking Star Wars when I was in middle school and, and high school, so I kind of sheltered myself away from that. I avoided watching, like, Clone Wars and Rebels and that kind of stuff because I was afraid that if I liked it, people would make fun of me. So I, I, uh, I, I kind of separated myself from the fandom for a little bit, but then, you know, right when I got into college, 
the force awakens came out and i had friends on my freshman floor that i got to geek out about star wars with so i i I absolutely loved it and then um you know we'd we'd sit there and we'd theorize about stuff and we went and saw the last jedi all together i got to see the um force awakens in 3d imax in minneapolis on one of the the huge huge screens so that was absolutely amazing and uh I, uh, it, it was nice to to watch Star Wars again, and then I went back and watched the Clone Wars and Rebels, and absolutely fell in love with them. Um, but then, you know, 2020 came around, and I was like, you know, I, I really miss talking Star Wars with people. And then the the pandemic started, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna make a YouTube channel. I'm gonna start seeing what people have to say on star wars twitter and yeah. i i absolutely love it um i mean obviously there there are interactions that you know aren't the best and there are there are people everywhere who can make things hard to enjoy right. things but when you find a, a positive group of people it's it's absolutely amazing there are people i interact with every day on that app so yeah. i i started doing youtube and i started doing some fi- top five lists i had a I'm not great at editing, but I, I was like, you know what? This is just a little project for fun. So I started doing that. Um, I started streaming Star Wars video games, and then I started a, a Twitch channel too. So um, I, I basically everything that I enjoy. I've started collecting some Star Wars stuff, Black Series and and uh, Funko Pops, and I got to go to Galaxy's Edge, so I have the lightsaber and the droid from that. But uh, that's uh, that's pretty much my star wars story up until this point so right yeah that's, that that's cool it's funny that you mentioned um that your vhs copy of phantom menace melted <laughs> as an original trilogy kid people are shocked when i tell them that that's my favorite of the prequels yeah and i'm like what and i said i'm i'm one of those that liked the prequels when they came out and i was oblivious to all the negativity and hate that they were getting until I discovered the fandom online. Right. And listening to podcasts. And when I was starting to hear that, I'm like, what? Are you, you're, you're kidding me, right? Yeah, you there's, didn't enjoy this? Yeah. Yeah, there's people that hate this. There's people that hate Jar Jar Binks. What? <laughs> I didn't know. Because my one friend, you know, he still asks me to this day. He goes, so you still don't have a problem with Jar Jar? I'm like... <laughs> How many times do I have to answer that question to you? Right. But, yeah, I'm like, I had no idea I was oblivious. And some days I wish I still was. Yeah, no kidding. Like you said, you find the right people, the right podcasts to listen to. And there are plenty of Star Wars podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. I'm just a drop in the big bucket. And you can find the positive ones. And you can find the ones if you're on the other side of things and want to listen to all that gar- you know, garbage. Mm-hmm. There, oh, yeah. there are those too, but I folk, I have my library of podcasts that I listen to and interact with, and I just stay away from all the negativity. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I might know one of one of your next answers, but <laughs> who are your five favorite characters? Um, 
so it, this is going to surprise you, but uh, Wicket is not on my top five list. Okay. And the Ewoks aren't. But that doesn't mean that I don't love them with all my right. heart. Uh, right. And this was actually really hard. And I, I looked at it, and I looked over it, looked at it over the past couple, you know, the last week, and I was like, ah, there, are, there are characters that I had, that I leave off. So um, I, I would have to say that my top five characters are Qui-Gon Jinn. Okay. I absolutely love him. Um, next would be uh, Chewbacca. He's Chewbacca is amazing, um, and I, I love it every time he shows up in the movies. And it's he's he's such a friend, friendly buddy character, and it's just you can tell how pure he is and how helpful he is. Uh, third would be Obi Wan Kenobi, and that is. Uh, both portrayals of him uh, Alec Guinness was awesome and I remember watching Star Wars as a kid and like being mystified by him like yeah okay I, I kind of understand what the, what the force is just by listening to this guy and then Ewan McGregor was, was awesome um, just he one of my favorite parts of the prequels so uh, Obi-Wan 4 would be Leia um, especially since I grew up watching the original trilogy with my mom and my sisters like such a powerful like unapologetic badass female character um she's you know and carrie fisher too has just inspired so much hope and i you know i watch the behind the scenes and all of that stuff and you can't you can't not smile when you see her smile like it just the the joy that she's able to bring to people um say her and mark hamill are the two best ambassadors for Star Wars right now? Oh yes, well, yeah. She was, I should say, unfortunately. Yeah, I, you know, she still is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, and then Luke Skywalker. Uh, watching Luke Skywalker grow from, you know, the the kid that wanted to go, uh, go to Tashi Station and stuff like that, who was just oblivious to an awesome, you know, Jedi Master. Uh, the return of the Jedi when he ignites the green blade and then even, you know, maybe spoilers to some who haven't caught the Mandalorian yet. But when you see that green lightsaber ignite again, it, mm. it, you know, and I, I even, it, it, it might not be a popular opinion, but I, I honestly think that the, the Luke that's in the last Jedi, you can, I, I can understand why, He's he was portrayed like he was, and I appreciated that that Luke as well. Uh, the Last Jedi is probably my least favorite Star Wars movie, but I, I still love it. There, when I watch Star Wars, I always think of the positives and what brings me joy when I watch it. I don't think about the negatives. I watch it and I'm like, okay, that made me smile, and those are the things that make me feel good. And if you focus on the negatives, it it just brings everything down. So, right. um, like when I talk about Star Wars and somebody asks, "Well, what like, what's your most hated movie?" and I was like, "I don't hate any of them. Right? I I, I can't hate any of them." Yeah, um, that's that's like me. I I yeah. don't have really a least favorite. Do I have one that I don't watch as much? Yes, but like you said, I I've said it a million times on Twitter. I I like to focus on the things that make me happy. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, if you focus on the things that don't make you happy, you're just going to be a miserable person. So, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, just 
and that's why I talk about the things that I love because it makes me happy. I don't like to talk about things that I don't like, or I would be on here talking about uh, non-Star Wars movies that I didn't care for, and I don't want to, you know, be grouchy. So, mm-hmm. yep. So yeah, the great characters, by the way. They yeah. Thank you. Yep. And your number three, your favorite Star Wars movie. Or I should uh, say, the one that you watched the most. <laughs> um, you know, and especially since I was raised with the prequels, this was hard. But um, my, my favorite is Empire Strikes Back. I watched it so many times with my mom. Even though I watched... The movie I probably watched the most is Return of the Jedi. But I'd say my favorite is Empire Strikes Back. And I know a lot of people think that is the easy or cheap answer because um, so many people love it. But when I think about it, I, I, you know, people are like, well, it's technically the best movie and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, I don't care about that. When I watch it, the, the original Star Wars introduced me to the universe that Lucas created. The Empire Strikes Back expanded it so much with extra characters, you know, with Yoda and Lando and, and Boba Fett and the different worlds and, and Bespin and Dagobah and everything like that. Um, it, it was so cool. And, you know, when I was little, I was like, oh yeah, this is a Star Wars movie and it's awesome. And we get to see Darth Vader versus Luke. And, and then you find out that Darth Vader is his father. But, but now I can appreciate it so much more because there are so many themes and, it's so much character building and universe building and that I that's why it's my favorite Star Wars movie is because how much it expanded the original story right yeah uh, I, I don't think that's a cheap answer a lot of people say that when they like to answer that question they'll say yeah. well I know this is the most popular answer but really it is this you know Empire but yeah. hey it it's I don't think it's a cheap answer. Yeah. I when when I'm on different podcasts and stuff and I'm asked that, I usually just say all of them. <laughs> but, nice. But yeah, I do have one that I watch the most and the one seriously, the one I probably have watched the most probably over the last five years, maybe Phantom Menace. Mm. Is something about that movie that just puts me in a good mood. Yeah. It's I it's the most um, it's not. It's definitely not the darkest of the prequels. Right. It's probably the most lighthearted of the prequels. That's probably why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong. I do like the dark side of Star Wars too. I I love Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. But it to me that's a little bit of hard of a watch because watching Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and getting to know Anakin's character and loving Anakin's character and knowing what's going to happen to him. Right. It's yeah. just a little hard to watch, but I yeah. I out of the originals though, yeah, Empire is the one I've probably watched the most. Mm. I I just love the the whole opening, the, the hoth, oh, everything yeah. in the hoth. Oh so, yeah. But yeah, that good answer there. Um Thank number you. four, your favorite animated Star Wars series. And it, you know, this was a hard one too because I initially I didn't watch either of them, uh, either well, not either of them, but uh, I didn't watch Clone Wars or Rebels. I've I've watched all of Resistance too, 
Um, I know some people are like, oh, how could you watch Resistance? And I was like, you know what? You, you take it for what it is, and it was a, it was a kid series, and there are there are some really cool characters, and there are some really good moments and lessons. So it's like, yeah. I, I I feel sorry for you that you're not willing to to give yeah. it a try. But, I enjoy. Oh yeah. Um, but I would have to say the Clone Wars. Um, I love the the story that Rebels had, but um, the Clone Wars with getting to know the clones and then that's what I initially thought it was like the first two seasons I was like okay this is cool we're gonna get little blips of the different clones doing this throughout the Clone Wars and then you know they they uh, they introduce Ahsoka and you're like oh so Anakin's gonna have a, a Padawan and then it became a you know a greater story of of their their bond and their family and and you know, it, I think the Clone Wars does a good job of building on to, you know, Anakin's fall to the dark side because you see how much he loves Ahsoka and and Obi Wan and how things just, you know, that season seven of the Clone Wars, it there are some emotional hard hitters in there where yeah. where uh, where he sees Ahsoka come back and you know it's it's. It's kind of, and that that final scene where where he he finds Ahsoka's lightsaber and it, the the siege of Mandalore is my favorite arc in all of Clone Wars and it it would be cool if they made those last couple episodes into like a, a little movie right. and uh, and and put that out because I know some people don't watch all of the series and some people have found it hard to get into those and maybe if they just made it made that like a a little little special to itself i know some of my family members would watch it with me but um yeah i i definitely have to say say the clone wars for this yeah i I would probably say the same thing and it was funny because that that season that last season of the clone wars was real emotional Mm -hmm. Uh, I go back and rewatch it, and I still get really emotional when I see certain scenes, especially after. I think I really, <clears throat> excuse me, made my wife tear up when um, we were watching the the one scene where Ahsoka comes into the hangar and she sees all oh, the the clones wearing her mm-hmm. colors. Oh yeah. And when I mentioned to my wife, I'm like, you know, that's the last time they see each other yeah and she was like she was starting to think about it she was like oh my god and i'm yeah. like yeah heartbreaking isn't it yeah so oh yeah but i'm like oh my goodness but they they you're right they they did that last arc so well yes and just to see rex's struggle because that was my big question I was like, Rex can't turn. He's in he's in Rebels and he's okay. And we saw right. he took his chip out, but when did he take his chip out? Yeah, I'm really glad that we got to see that. Yeah, I thought we were going to see it before the actual order was given. And when it wasn't, I was like, oh my god, how'd he, you know, not... Yeah. But yeah, he was fighting it, so... Because mm-hmm. he did have knowledge of the chip, so... Right, yep. So he had that in the back of his head to play with and say, you know what? I'm not going to let this take me. Mm-hmm. So uh, the question number five, 
who would you be in the uh, Star Wars universe? Like, would you be a rebel bounty hunter on the Empire? Just a Jedi Sith? Uh, you know, diner owner? <laughs> um, it's funny, because I, I honestly think I would be a smuggler, but I'd be a bad one. Because um, <laughs> I, I like to follow the rules, but at the same time, I feel like I'd be one of those smugglers that was helping either the rebellion or the resistance um get supplies uh i you know in the past i've liked to volunteer my my time with stuff um but it you know and i i try to be a kind person and you know spread some some joy and positivity so i feel like i'd be a a bad a bad smuggler that uh you know, isn't always taking the, the jobs that uh, might get me in trouble, but I'd be, I'd be taking the jobs that I that I, I I end up getting roped into either the rebellion or the resistance just because I I, I feel like I'm sympathetic uh, to to when people struggle. So, um, I you know I, I could definitely see me being, yeah, trying to be a cool guy like Han and then and then uh, sticking around to to help people out. Right. Right. And I ask every guest a bonus question as well. Like, it's it's not the same question every time. I just pick a random right. one to ask. Um. So this this might be a little difficult, but <laughs> since you said the special editions are the what you know, right? What would be your favorite addition to the to those OT? Um, special editions. Yeah. yeah, so I grew up watching the special editions because I was born in 1995, but um, you know, I have family members who have the the original um, some of the original or like the different re-release right. um, so I, I have seen the, some of the um, not unedited but the, uh, the non-special editions and when I think you about it, a lot of YouTube as well. Yeah and um I, uh, you know, I look at a bunch of the additions and stuff like that, and it's like, well, yeah, that's a cool Easter egg, or yeah, that you know, that might help with like the visuals of the scene and stuff like that. But um, I went with uh, the added like scene and the added X wings and Y wings when they are on the approach to the Death Star in the original Star Wars. Okay. Um, I. I you know, I, I I grew up watching that version, and then when I went back and saw the others, I was like, "Oh, that seems like way less epic." Right. And uh, and so that's something that I appreciated because I was just like, "That that makes it, you know, it 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 added that like, you know, this is really their last ditch effort. You right. know, everybody's coming to try to to blow this thing up." Um, and so yeah, that was just that was that was what I think did it. Yeah, and to me made a little bit more believable because I haven't seen the original cuts of the original trilogy since I was a kid. So right. I they're not fresh in my head and when I want to experience oh, what was this like before? Like I said I interrupted you there a little bit, but like I said, there are videos on YouTube of people that have the two side by side and compare and contrast them, so you can go on YouTube mm-hmm. and find those on there. I didn't mean that you could find the entire movies on there. Right. Obviously no. not. Yeah. But yeah, you can find the 
original some of the original clips on YouTube if you look. Right. But yeah. I've always thought my favorite addition would have been if George would have done this instead. I mean, yes, the the Jabba scene in the original Star Wars kind of like bothered me at first, but mm-hmm. I grew I grew to appreciate why it was there. Yeah. He could have not put that that one in and give us the Tashi Station deleted scenes that were when we first met Luke. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy watching those deleted scenes where you meet Biggs and you yeah. meet his supposedly, quote, friends. Right. And I just think that would have been great. Just like the ra- radio dramas. They had mm-hmm. that whole scene in the radio drama. And it's a great scene. Yeah. So I would have loved if they would have put that in there. But... Yeah, I my my favorite edition though has always been um, the I know some people are gonna it's not a very popular opinion, but the end of um, Return of the Jedi where they added the different going around the galaxy. Yeah, those and, are, yeah the little added scenes. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. yes, I enjoyed that they put Hayden Christensen in there because it ties the whole thing together. Now that yes, you know what. You, you've seen what Anakin can look like. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to, you know, put him in there. And yeah. I know that upset a lot of people, but you know what? It is what it is. And, you know, you could always go on YouTube and watch the original ending if you want. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, those were the questions that I asked yeah. every guest that comes on. And now I was thinking, I know originally I said we would talk a little bit about the. Ewok adventure movies, but mm-hmm. I really haven't got a chance to revisit those yet again. Yeah. So I was thinking, how about we just recap season two of The Mandalorian real quick? Ooh, okay. I that mean, sounds good. Yeah. Um, the the first episode of season two. Okay. Oh my! I did not realize because I'm not a big reader, so I'm not didn't read any of the books Mm -hmm. and when i found out that someone told me that oh yeah you you didn't know who cobb vanth was i'm like no so i just thought Mm -hmm. he was a new character they introduced yeah i thought he was cool and then they're like no no he's from the aftermath book or something like that and i was like huh did not know that so yeah i haven't read the aftermath um series yet but i uh i had some friends who were like, "Hey, there, you know, there's a rumor that Timothy Oliphant has been cast." So right. they were like, "It's obviously not not Boba Fett." So who could be right. wearing the armor? And then I saw the things about um, Cobb Vanth. So I, I did some reading into it, and I, you know, I, I, I absolutely love the idea of that character, and that performance was awesome. And just that episode, it, you know, season one was amazing, but then. The, just the scope and scale of season two, and especially that opening episode with the like the crate dragon, it everything yeah. seemed so much bigger, and yeah, that that first episode was was pretty awesome. And as an original trilogy fan, only hearing the name crate dragon and seeing the skeleton in a new hope, I was like, finally we get to see what this thing actually looks like, and mm-hmm. how dangerous are these things. Right. Yeah, pretty dangerous, I think, because 
heck, he ate a Sarlacc. So, right, yeah. I'm like, wow. And I'm wondering, was it, is it the same Sarlacc that uh, Boba Fett was in? Right, yep. You know. But yeah, yeah I'm like, wow. But yeah, I would like... I, I'm hoping... J- jumping a little forward, I'm hoping that we get to see how Boba escaped the Sarlacc in the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, but yeah, that when I, I I was always wondering how many like just casual Star Wars fans in that first episode when they showed Timothy Oliphant standing there in the doorway with the full armor on thought that was really Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And because I knew right away when they were panning up, I was like, "Nah, this dude's much too thin." Yeah, and I said that's not uh, Tamir Morrison. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, this is that's when right away I'm like, oh, maybe this is Oliphant's character." So, mm-hmm. and I really like him as an actor. So, yeah, I, I hope he comes back in season three. But of course, unfortunately, we will have to wait till 2022. Right? Yeah. That, but we're get we're getting some good series this year. Oh yeah, can't wait for the book of Boba Fett. We we might see him in the book of Boba Fett. I don't know that's if. True. if Boba's tried to get his armor back before, or if he's yeah, watched him. Yeah, that's what. I, that's one of the questions I asked my wife about season two. I'm like, well, when Boba came to reclaim his armor from Din Djarin, he said that Cobb Vanth had back on Tatooine. Right. If you knew Cobb had it, dude, look at yourself. Yeah. Why didn't you just go take it? Yep. And maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, like I said, I don't know different Mandalorian creeds or what have you. And he's he doesn't claim to be a Mandalorian. His mm-hmm. Django was Django was a foundling, mm-hmm. which we found out, which I think is really cool. Yes. So, but yeah, I I'm always wondering why didn't you just go take it? <laughs> but right. yeah, it was, and yeah. Jumping forward to that episode, the tragedy. Oh, um, that whole episode. I was just, I think that's when the episodes that I had to watch first without my wife and then rewatch with Mm -hmm. my wife. And I got to see her reactions, but unfortunately she didn't get to see mine. (laughs) It's a good thing because during that whole episode, I'm like, this is a Boba Fett. I've been waiting since I was a kid to see. Exactly, yep. And he 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 popped right back up there to be like one of my favorite characters again. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I just liked him because he he wore cool armor. Right. But then as I got older, I'm like, he really didn't do anything. Yeah. He walked on to the slave one. He stood there and guarded in Jabba's palace. And then he gets hit on the back. His jetpack goes off and he goes out like a a punk. Right. Yep. And I didn't think he deserved that. Yeah. I think, you know, we need to see what this, you know, guy can do. Mm-hmm. And we did. Oh yeah. So I'm yeah. that's why I'm really jazzed for that, that series here coming towards the end of this year. So Oh yeah. Yep. I have the uh the black series, the repainted helmet. It it's 
I have the the Mandalorian helmet and the Boba Fett Black Series helmets both pre-ordered, and they will be the first Black Series helmets that I've gotten, and I I'm so excited that I got them. Yeah, yeah, those those things would look cool just you know displayed anywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, it was hard for me to even pick a favorite episode out of season two. Yeah. Do you find that too, or do you know yeah. a specific one off the top of your head that you you really like? Um, man, because each you know each episode is different, and that's what I like about the series because you've got different voices coming in and right. you know putting these episodes together, and each episode does something different for me. And um, I mean. The Jedi was awesome with getting Ahsoka and getting Grand Admiral Thrawn's name dropped. Oh my goodness. But that, that's what shocked me because I I thought for sure she was just looking for Gideon like everyone else was. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But and then you've got uh, the heiress where you know Bo Katan okay. is introduced and you <laughs> get to see them sure. kick butt. Yeah. And, uh, and then obviously the 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 tragedy was awesome. The, but I I honestly have to say that that last episode yeah. was was probably my favorite. Um, yeah. And you know, especially with the the end credit scene, I was watching it and I paused it right at the end to collect myself for a minute. And I was like, wait a second, there's still seven minutes left. There's no way. And then I remembered that Peyton <laughs> Reed directed it, and I was just like. Are they going to do an end credit scene? <laughs> Are they really going to do it? And, you know, I, I went through the credits and I, 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 or I didn't skip through the credits, but I played through the credits and then I saw Bib Fortuna's name and I was just like, he wasn't in that episode. And I was like, awesome. wait a second. <laughs> I didn't then, even catch that. I just let the credits play. And yeah. I was like, that's when, my, when, when I thought some, when I knew something was different, I didn't pause it to see how much time was left. I, I just let it play when I first saw it and when the concept art didn't pop up oh I'm like see, my that, concept art I love that stuff and I didn't catch that I didn't catch that they didn't and have the concept art right away it's like what is going on here and then like I said my brain was working so I wasn't even paying attention to the credits and like Bifford, I didn't even notice his name popping up yeah and I was like okay what, what what's gonna happen mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you see those twin sons pop up and I'm like <gasps> so yeah and when they panned over and showed Jabba's palace I was like wait a second he's dead <laughs> so yeah yeah that just I thought it was a really cool end scene cause that that last still frame of Boba just sitting on the throne and um oh man no her name's mm-hmm. Fennec Shand. Oh, Fennec Shand sitting there yeah. on the ch- or arm right next to him. Yeah. That was just the perfect shot. And yeah, just can't wait for that. I'm glad they're giving Fennec Shand also a series as well because you know she's going to be part of that series. Yep. Because she's, uh, for lack of a better term, she's Boba's muscle, bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right hand man. Yeah. She's going to be there to help him for whatever he has to do because like she said she she's in his debt for him saving her life mm-hmm. 
So, and I don't yeah. know if you saw the uh, the trailer for the Bad Batch, but Fennec Shand appears oh, yeah. in that as well. So, yep. you know, we might get some. Or I, I'm expecting to get some of her story uh, yeah. for the during the fall of the Republic and uh, into the Empire. So, right, we might see why she was uh, some of the reasons why she was on the uh, on the hit list. Yeah, true, true. But yeah, yeah, and yeah. When you meant when she broke a I totally forgot because that was another <laughs> episode that I. That one I actually watched with my wife, yeah, you know, together. Yeah. And she after we watched it, she was she was kind of smiling and going. She goes, "It's so fun to see your reactions." <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "Really?" And she was like, "Yeah." She was like, "She was like, oh my god, when when they came down on that boat right away, you got a glimpse of the of the helmet and went, oh, that's Boca Dan." <laughs> and yeah. I was really. I said that. She was like, "Yes." I was like, oh my god. And then, yeah. yeah, everything was like going through my head because I didn't see Katie Sackhoff's tweet earlier that day. Oh. She said, see you Friday or something like that. Yep. And I was, when I saw the helmet, yes, I knew who it was. But then I was saying, I was saying to myself, oh, please. She did the voice and she is a good actress. Yes, she so, is. Yeah. Please let her play. You know the role that she brought to life. So, but yeah, they they did. Yeah, I, I should have known they would have done that because it's Dave Filoni and Dave Filoni likes to do that. Yeah, and I know a lot of people said, well, why didn't he get Ashley Eckstein to do Ahsoka and Ahsoka's his baby? Right. But there, I understand why he didn't. I mean, I would have loved it. Yeah. Because to me, Ahsoka is Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. But I also like Rosaria Dawson as an actress. Mm-hmm. I think she did a pretty good job. Oh, yeah. yeah. She had the choreography down. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the, the mannerisms, too. Like, yeah. you can tell that she did, that Rosario did the, the work to try to bring this character to the fans. Right. And that's what I appreciate about that. And... If you guys out there watch the um, gallery series for the second season, we you knew George Lucas was on set that day. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the ones that was there with Filoni when Filoni created that character. So, Yep. He it was probably- so cool to see George. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, that's um, okay. It was so cool to see George Lucas smiling and joking and laughing <laughs> and stuff like that. It, it, uh, it, it, it really gives you hope for what they're doing with this series. Right. And I am sure Rosario spoke with Ashley and Ashley probably gave her some, you know, pointers and stuff. Yeah. Of course there was a, that article out there where it said Ashley was kind of disappointed. She wasn't even asked, but yeah, she understands why, but yeah. still I would like, you know, even if they just asked her, I'm pretty sure she would have said yes. And that would have been really interesting to see her painted up in human Ahsoka. So yeah, yep. that would have been really cool. But we didn't get it. And a lot of people, I know some fans, some very positive fans that really didn't like that episode just because of the fact that it wasn't mm-hmm. her. But 
I think we all knew that Rosaria was going to be her because all the rumors. Yeah. And stuff like that. The thing that shocked me most about that episode, though, was usually when they introduce an animated character for the first time, mm-hmm. they usually do it towards the center of the episode, mm-hmm. even closer to the end of an episode. They gave you Ahsoka right up front. Right away. Yep. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So, but hey, the, the title of the episode was The Jedi, so... You know it's coming, yeah. so why not just give it to you right away? Yep. And that opening first couple of shots where she's just hunting down, it was, you know, it it gave me horror movie vibes where yeah. it's like stock, like uh, the, the creature stalking its prey. And I, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we were watching that opening scene too, and I was like, wait a minute, didn't? Bo-Katan say this was a forest planet? Mm-hmm. These are all dead trees. What the heck happened? So yeah. I was excited to, you know, probably see a planet like, um, uh, oh, now I'm blanking again. The, where Maza's castle was. Uh, Takodana. Yes. I was hoping to see, you know, a lush planet like that again, and nope. Whoever this, that woman was really tore up that planet yeah from i think it was from they they were mining something or some sort yeah you saw, you saw parts of the forest was trying to it was like regrowing itself slowly mm-hmm. yeah but yeah it was i was like i thought this was a forest planet but yeah that was straight out of a horror movie all the dead trees around dark and and then i know a lot of I didn't even hear of the uh, Michael Bean casting news, but oh yeah, I didn't. Instead, yeah, I never and didn't notice him right away. Had to go back because when I found out who he played, I was like, "That was him." Yeah, and I had to go back and like replay it and listen to his voice, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'm like, "Well, it happens to all of us." He got old. Yeah, yeah. I know I watched the episode, so I always watch the episode by myself, like, the morning, a couple af- hours after it released before I go to work, mm-hmm. and then I'd, I'd come home and watch it with um, with different members of my family, so I watched it with my mom, and, um, and I didn't realize that it was him at first, and she was just like, hey, that's the guy from, uh, from Terminator and Alien, and I was like, what? <laughs> it's so amazing that she recognized I should have because loved the first couple Terminator movies, mm-hmm. loved Aliens, and like I said, it was just his. I'm used to seeing that young face. That's right. what it was. The voice that eventually I was like, "Is that him? Is that really him?" Mm-hmm. And like I said, when I went back and rewatched it, I'm like, "Yep, that was him." Yeah. So, but yeah, and now, yeah, the and the finale, um, yeah, that was. That was one that I wish I was able to watch with my wife, you know, to get to let her witness my initial reactions because I I told her I said she was I think she was upstairs sleeping or something when I was watching it. And I 
I told her, I said, I don't know how you slept through my, uh... <laughs> and she was like, what? And I'm like, because obviously I was telling her this after we watched it. I was like, I was talking out loud and using, <laughs> you know, pretty explicit <laughs> terms and stuff. And, and she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And then uh, I asked her, I'm like, now that you've watched it, I said, can you guess the parts where I was freaking out the most? And she was <laughs> like, well, when Kara mentioned the one X-Wing. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. But at first I was like, okay, where's Dave Filoni? Where's yeah. his X-Wing? That's who I thought it was at first. I It didn't click until I saw it pulling into the hangar. And I was like, okay. <laughs> And then I was just saying to myself the whole time and just getting louder and louder. I was like, they're not really doing this, are they? They're, yeah. No, they're, no they're, they're not giving it. <laughs> no. Because I, I think I said on my other podcast, I do the Canto cast with my friend Tristan. Mm-hmm. I think I told Tristan, I said, we were per, like talking about who the Jedi could be. And I said, I really hope it's Luke, but I don't actually see them actually doing that right and I said and he was like why I'm like well I'm like because all this talk about Sebastian Stan playing a younger Luke I said even though I would like to see that I don't think they would do that because he just finished doing the uh, Winter Soldier series for Marvel right yep so I, I said I don't see him doing that and I never thought of the de-aging thing mm-hmm. not once <laughs> even though i should have because hello tarkin and leia yeah yep so and even luke in rise of skywalker yeah well, yeah luke and leia and yep there and yeah. it didn't dawn on me not once until i i knew right when i saw the green lightsaber yeah and then i saw the hill yeah the silver buckle yeah yeah oh yeah and then i saw the glove and i was like oh my god they're doing this and that's when i just like lost it yep i i I stopped talking and yeah it was like pretty much one of those millions of reaction videos you see saw on youtube yeah just a grown man sitting there with his face in his hands trying to hold back tears yeah so i and it I was such a, and I'm I'm smiling like an idiot right now, just thinking about when I was watching it, and yeah. and I woke up, I, I I slept for a little bit. I woke up, watched it, and then couldn't go back to sleep. So I watched it three more times before I went to work. So I was an absolute zombie that day because I, you know, I only got a couple hours of sleep. But I, like I had friends, and they're like, "You already watched The Mandalorian, didn't you?" And I was just kind of like, "Uh huh, yeah." And they're like, "Don't don't say anything." And I was like, "I would never." And right. I was just like, it It was awesome. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I I didn't necessarily want it to be Luke when, you know, when the series, when the episodes were going on. And right. I, I was like, you know, this gives him a chance to introduce a different character into the story. Right. But then right. I was like, the timeline fits so well. And right. it, it really is the character that makes sense. I just was, I, I had reservations about how they were going to do it if it was going to be Sebastian Stan um, right. that's and, what 
actually, that's, I was like, when he came into the room, I was like, okay, did they actually get him? Mm -hmm. And then when he took his hood down, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So, and, and to me, when I watch, special effects have always amazed me and, you know, CGI and all that stuff. So whenever I see CGI, I'm, I, I like to think about how, and not necessarily how they do it because I'm, I'm not that technical and, and I don't know all of that stuff, but I was just like that they did such a good job of capturing the look, the sound and the feel of yeah. Luke Skywalker in that moment. And I was watching it and I was like, that's post return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker. And yeah. I was like, and it's sad that people can't overlook like the upper lip, not moving much or like the way that the CGI looks right. and it's like yeah your brain is recognizing that that's not a real human but there are so many cgi characters and you know and makeup and stuff like that that it's like let let yourself believe like right. yeah yeah i tell you the truth i think it was better than the tarkin mm -hmm. i i i was blown away in the theater when i first saw rogue one and tarkin turn around because mm -hmm. I didn't think we were even going to see his face. I thought we were just going to hear him. Right. Like, the actor doing an impression of him. Mm -hmm. But when he turned around, I was like, oh my God. They brought yeah. him back from the dead. So, <laughs> literally, yeah. because that character or that actor's been, you know, dead. Right. And, uh, Peter Cushing passed yeah, in the 90s, Peter right? Cushing passed away. And I was like, oh my God. That's really good. And then later on, we saw they did the same thing with Leia. And that technology gets better as time goes on. And yes, like I said, I think the look on Luke was a little bit better. Mm. I think the maybe the sound of his voice was a little off. It seemed like it was at a different, I don't know, pitch or something from the other like when Din Jaren was talking and then okay. people talking, yeah. it seemed to get dipped. I could see that, yeah. So, but those are all minor things. Mm -hmm. And I could overlook those because like the first time I watched it, I was so pumped up, I didn't notice anything. Mm -hmm. And then when I rewatch it with my wife, I noticed a little bit more. And then the other 20 times I've watched it, <laughs> I, I noticed more and more, but it still doesn't bother me. But I do believe if they want to bring him back ever, like if they're planning, as some people are speculating already, mm -hmm. uh, Skywalker spinning off during this time, five years after Return of the Jedi, I do believe they're going to get an actor to come in and play him. They're not going to do that de-aging for an entire series. Right. And... Well, I guess I hope it's Sebastian stance, and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's the obvious. Everybody wants him." Blah blah blah. I'm like, well, it's it's not very hard to see why. Right. He does look like a young Mark Hamill. Yeah, the first time I saw that side by side comparison, I was like, you know, if they needed to, that would be, yeah, it it's an obvious choice. Uh, right. Yeah. And I think Mark Hamill even said one time that. He goes, yeah, he kind of looks like me. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, um, I, I would be all for it. And 
obviously I would be all for whatever Star Wars series they decide to try to give us because it, we, we live in such a great time now to be a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And we're getting all these series that every fan out there has something they can pick and choose from. Right. You don't have to watch everything they put out, but I will. Mm-hmm. And I'll decide if, hey, yeah, this one's not for me, but I'm going to watch it anyway to see where it goes. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there there are some series that I saw on that big announcement that I was like, kind of, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see. Yeah. But, and then there were some like, oh, yes. So, right. Yep. And that's, that's something I try to always say is that, you know, not everything is going to connect with you, and that's okay. Right. Like, find what does connect with you and enjoy enjoy it. Yeah. And now I know why they did not put Book of Boba Fett up there on that announcement. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so glad they saved that. Everyone was saying, well, where's this Boba Fett series we're hearing about? Mm-hmm. Where's this Boba Fett series? Well, yep. I guess they they got us. They have a plan. <laughs> yep. Dave and John are laughing right now, going, we got them. Yep. So, yeah. But yet, and then the speculation started really quick after that saying, well, is this what they're calling season three of The Mandalorian is the Book of Boba Fett? Yeah. No, thank goodness. That's a whole separate series. There will be a season three. Right. And yeah. I'm just excited to see where the Mandalorian goes from here without Grogu. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they do that. Because, I don't know. Everyone's asking me, do you think it can work? I mean, Grogu from day episode one was a cash cow. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get like little flashes to him at Luke's uh, beginning of his temple Mm because people are speculating that Grogu was his first student. Yeah. So, you know, are we going to see little flashes of Grogu here and there? I don't know. Are we going to... But my my hope... Not my hope. my, um, My safety net is that Mando said, I'll see you again. Yeah. I promise. And oh yes. So far, he's kept all his promises. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm hopeful in that that he will see him again. Who knows? Maybe season three will end with him visiting Grogu at the temple. Right. Yep. So, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see the storyline. I think it's going to go to. It's going to focus on Mando, Boca, Bocatan, and. Mandalore. Mm-hmm. See, because they got to resolve that. How yeah. she get that saber? Yep. And uh, sorry, I. Um, the biggest thing that I think about is when they were in, in that, uh, like in that bar, the the saloon or whatever, when um, Casca fights Boba, and yeah. uh, she says something about. Mandalore and he was like the Empire turned that place to glass it's like what we don't know the current state of Mandalore like what is what exactly are they fighting to 
restore the name of Mandalore? Are they like the the culture and the people of Mandalore, or you know, is the planet able to be retaken? Like right. that's what I'm interested in is seeing. It, is it inhabitable still? Yeah. Or are they just going to find maybe another maybe uninhabited planet and restore, like you said, the culture and mm-hmm. the creed of Mandalore? Because you know, we found out in the series and. Some fans knew before this that Mandalore, not necessarily a race, but a creed. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, that's that's one thing. And like I said, the, the saber is another thing. I was just so upset during that scene. I was just like, every time he went to hand it to her, I'm like, just take it. Yeah. Just take it. He doesn't want it. But, and then I was thinking back to the episode in Rebels. I was like, well, Sabine just handed it to her. Yeah. She didn't have to fight Sabine. Yeah. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. I, re- I recently. Different? Sorry. Yeah. I was say there's something different in this, like, little law of the Darksaber. Like, my wife was tr- saying that maybe because Moff Gideon had it. Because mm-hmm. Moff Gideon. We don't know how he got it from her. Right. Did he defeat her in battle and because he defeated her in battle that's how she has to get it back from someone else I don't know but I'm like I'm sorry I told her I said if I was Din I would have just like opened up her hand put it in there closed (laughs) her hand and said there it's yours just set it down politely at at her feet yeah (laughs) but yeah but anyway it'll be real interesting to see you know, because I'm pretty sure, like I said, Dave and John are such so good at doing this. They they will give us the reason why she couldn't just take it this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm sure Dave knows. Filoni knows his Clone Wars. He knows his Rebels, and I'm pretty sure he remembers that episode where Sabine just handed it to her. And yeah, he goes, he's probably saying, "Don't worry, I'll answer you. Mm-hmm. Wait till season three. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't have any issues with how they did it, and right. I recently rewatched the all of the Mandalorian stuff from Clone Wars and Rebels. And Sabine Wren's mom even said, "Like, well, did you defeat Maul for it?" And she was like, "Not right. exactly." And then she's like, "Well, then you have no claim to it." Right. So, yep. um, they obviously know, and they obviously have a plan. And I'm not worried about yeah. those those things, because I mean, people were upset when Fennec Shan. They were when it seemed like she died and it was like, no, they've got a plan. They, right. yeah. And yeah. That, that might, that might be everyone's answer right there. Like me, because I didn't go back right away and watch those up, rewatch those episodes. What you just mm-hmm. said, Sabine's mom said, yeah, since you really didn't defeat Maul, you don't have a claim to it. That's why she was able to hand it over. Yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah, that's, that's one thing I should have done. I should have, going back and watch them right away but instead me and my wife were just having a nice healthy debate <laughs> yeah saying, that's all good too yeah why can't he just give it to her yeah but, yeah but yeah actually yeah i think we need to start winding this up here yeah no problem yeah th- this is already running longer than my normal shows which is, oh. which is a bad thing but yeah but yeah, yeah i no want to thank you so much for coming on and anytime you want to come back 
just let me know. I'll have you back in. We can talk about whatever. Maybe after I am able to get the Ewok Adventures and rewatch those, we can. I could have you back, and we could actually maybe do a audio commentary on. Oh, that would be really fun. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a blast. I love. I love talking Star Wars like this, and it, it was really good to be on the show. So I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. And if you will, Brandon, go ahead and let everyone out there know where they can find all your stuff all right uh you can find me at uh, at apprentice ewok uh no space capital a capital e all one word um you can find me on twitter and that's also my youtube channel um i've got some some stuff planned for this year in uh in in 2021 for collecting some stuff and i'm i'm really excited to keep up with with uh everything star wars awesome so there you have it guys we had the the apprentice he walked in the cafe talk talk a little murder bears but it was mainly talk mando so but hopefully next time we have you back like i said we'll talk about the great ewok movies from the 80s so again thanks like for a plan stopping. yeah thank you And that was my conversation with Brandon, the Apprentice Ewok. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation. I know I enjoyed talking to Brandon, getting to know Brandon a little bit more. And I'm hoping to have Brandon back in the cafe in the future so we can talk more about the little murder bears that we all know and love. And hopefully talk about maybe the Ewok adventure movies that from back in the 80s that I can barely remember. But I'm hoping to refresh my memory before I have Brandon back in to talk more about Ewoks. But right now, get ready for episode 3 of the New Hope Radio Drama, which will be coming up right after my outro here at the end of this show. And on next week's episode, I am hoping to get back to talking about the movies. If you remember, before the holiday break, I went through the entire Skywalker saga, talking about each individual movie. And now I would like to talk about Rogue One and Solo. So hopefully next weekend, finally getting my Rogue One episode. And as always, until next time, I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal. Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, that BMC Pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good.
boring conversation anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Star Wars, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Episode 3, Black Knight, White Princess, and Pawns. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution, when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. High among the rebel councils stood the royal house of the planet Alderaan, which had long been a loyal supporter of the old republic before it was subverted and overthrown by the empire. The dedication of the royal house to the return of peace and justice was total and fierce. Ordinary individuals swept along by the fervor of rebels like the Princess Leia Organa found themselves enmeshed in critical events. The center stage of galactic history was sometimes occupied by the unlikeliest of men and women and non-humans and even machines. R2-D2. R2-D2, wake up. R2. Attention, all droids and automata to Spaceship Tandem 4. This is the labor pool overseer speaking. On my command, activate. Oh, no. Hey, you power droids over there, get perking. Come on, I said activate. Really? We barely have time to recharge before we're sent back to work. Life on a spaceship is nothing but suffering. Come on, you two. I tell you, R2, my protocol duties were paradise compared Come to this. R2, are you listening to me, R2? R2-D2, wake up, you little slacker! <laughs> what do you mean, have you missed anything? I'm straining my programming as it is, watching after myself without worrying about you as well. All right, all right. Fall in! What's that supposed to mean? Cheer up. Maybe it is just another work phase for you, but it's another round of humiliating drudgery for me. Quiet down! Assignments are as follows. Power droids proceed to designated recharging stations. Maintenance teams report to your scheduled projects. Move it! I do so miss the fragile nuances of human conversation. The subtle social interplay at receptions and ceremonies. No, I haven't enjoyed working with you. You're nothing but a plumber. 
If you astro droids had any real intelligence, you wouldn't need an interpreter counterpart. And I could return to my job in protocol. Listen up. I'm the labor pool overseer in the ship, and none of you better forget it. Now, special work detail. One astro droid and one counterpart interpreter. Otto, do you think he'll pick us? Let me see now. R2-D2 and counterpart, right? Oh, I beg your pardon, sir, but I am C-3PO, human relations droid, on temporary assignment during this voyage. Gag it! When I want to hear from a droid, I'll say so. <laughs> you know how to behave among humans, 3CPO? That is uh, C-3PO, sir. And yes, I am well versed in over 100... You and your partner here report to Captain Antilles, understand? Captain Antilles? Oh, I was one of his translators. Do whatever the captain says. Get me? Get you most emphatically, sir. And may I say... Attention all personnel and automata. The Tandem 4 will revert from hyperdrive to normal space in 15 minutes. Nick gains Alpha and Beta report to station. Reversion? Now? We're nowhere near our scheduled destination. Oh, well. Move out, 3CPO! You're late already! The movie out, sir. We'll do our best, rest assured. And the name is uh, C-3PO, sir. That's C... Come on, Artu. Princess Leia, may I say once more that I am opposed to this plan of yours. If you must, Antilles. The moment we leave hyperspace and emerge in that restricted solar system, we'll be in serious trouble. Diplomatic immunity or no, we'll be subject to boarding and arrest if we're caught by the Imperial Starfleet. Antilles, we either act now or lose any chance the Rebel Alliance has to stop the Empire. There's no time for caution. Ah, I believe our droids are here. They'll be quiet. Captain Antilles, may it please you, sir, I have the honor of reporting for duty. C-3PO, human relations droid. Oh, yes, and my... my subordinate, R2-D2. 3PO? You were in protocol, weren't you? What are you doing with a maintenance droid for a counterpart? There turned out to be little needful interpreters on this trip, Captain. I might put in parenthetically, sir, that Fine, I would... fine, 3PO, but we don't have time for that right now. Oh. Now bring your counterpart over here by the emergency airlock. Oh, come on, R2. Now, I want you both to listen to this programming tape. This is voice override, actuating code Epsilon Actual. We confirm that, Captain. We are both awaiting your instructions. You're aware of the identity of the person standing next to me? Uh, certainly, sir. She is the Princess Leia Organa of Old Rand, representative of the Imperial Senate. This is a command control instruction. Both of you will restrict and protect all references to Leia Organa's identity and presence inboard this vessel. She is designated a command control voice. Yes, sir. Will that suffice? Your Highness, this interpreter droid is a bit eccentric, but mm. he's dependable. Will they resist interrogation probing? They'll do whatever you tell them to without fail. That includes lying and self-destructing. You there. Astrodroid. R2-D2, is that your name? I want you to leave this bridge through the emergency airlock and make your way across the hull to the ship's Navi computer sensor suite. You're to position yourself there and behave exactly as though you were carrying out repairs. Keep in touch with 3PO, make reports, just as though you were actually fixing a malfunction. 3PO, attach this transceiver to your counterpart and maintain communications with him over this comlink. Very good, Captain. Well, Antilles, you think it'll work? The droids will comply. At least it will give us some kind of alibi for being in a restricted solar system. Well, let's hope the Imperial Starfleet is in an accommodating mood. We're about to re-enter normal space. 
C-3PO, send R2 through the airlock and cycle the hatches. Yes, Captain. Where did you go up to? Princess Leia, I hope this message you intend to intercept is worth the risk. It cost the Rebel Alliance over a hundred lives to get the information we're about to try for, Captain. R2 is outboard and crossing the hub, Your Highness. May I ask what it is? Have you ever heard rumors of an Imperial Strategic Weapons Project called Death Star? R2 is positioning himself by the Navicomputer sensor We're told it's an enormous space battle station with enough firepower to destroy entire planets. But that's incredible. Wait, there's something coming through. That's a scrambled transmission. If I've got the code keyed properly, we should be hearing it now. Come in, Skyhook. Come in, Skyhook. Skyhook here. We only have moments. Prepare to copy. Ready and copying. Go ahead. How's reception? Perfect. Antilles, what's that? An Imperial cruiser. They found us already. We need only a few more moments. Unidentified ship. This is the Devastator. Heave to at once and prepare for a security search and interrogation. Devastator, this is the Tantive IV. We, we have an extravehicular malfunction. A, a maintenance unit is working on it now. I need more time. We are a consular ship on a diplomatic mission, and we'll clear this system as soon as we have effected repairs. The transmission's not finished, Antilles. Your Highness. What is it, C-3PO? R2 says he's being probed by sensors. We acknowledge your transmissions, Tantive Four. The Devastator will hold fire, maintain your present course, and prepare to receive Imperial investigators. Princess Leia, we have fallen into a stinger's nest. There are three Imperial battle wagons in close orbit around the planet. We're almost through, Antilles. I can't hold them for much That's longer. It. We've got it. Get us out of here. Devastator, we are on a diplomatic mission and are not to be detained or diverted. Attention, alternate command center. Alternate command here. Battle stations. All defensive shields up. Accelerate to full speed and get us into hyperdrive. C-3PO, get your counterpart back in board. R2-D2, we must hurry. The ship is accelerating. Get back in board or we'll be swept off the hull. Enemy 4, this is the Devastator. Our sensors indicate you have intercepted illegal transmissions in this solar system. Heave to or we'll open fire. They'll have sensor gun lock on us any moment now. Quickly, I'll do quickly. Get back inside. Engage main drive now. The Devastator is open fire. This is reached the enemy. Please. Hyperdrive now. We must be stopped. Engage hyperdrive. Now. We've made it. We're clear. Damage report, all sections. So it seems, Your Highness. Antilles, we've done it. We've got the plans. And now for Tatooine. Tatooine? But that's way out in the border region. That's where we're going, Antilles. I have to present my father's request for help to an old friend of his. We're taking a very important personage back with us to Alderaan. Important? Someone from Tatooine? That's about the least important place in the galaxy. Oh, the droids. Oh, I suppose we should have their memories flushed. I'd rather do it myself when we reach port. C-3PO, R2-D2? Yes, Captain? Report a stern to the labor pool. Refer any inquiries to me. Certainly, sir. First officer, sir. prepare a course for the planet Tatooine. Tatooine, sir? You have your orders. Very good, sir. Navigator, lay on a course for the planet Tatooine. Your Highness, you look as though you could use some rest, if you'll pardon my saying so. Oh, yes, perhaps you're right. Summon me when we're approaching Tatooine, Antilles. Course for Tatooine set and holding, sir. sooner. 
How long to reversion? We're commencing reversion to normal space now, Your Highness. Mm. Well, there it is. Tatooine. As barren and unfriendly a world as human beings ever settled. Begin our approach. Captain, sensors report another ship emerging from hyperspace. What? Sir, we're receiving a signal from another ship. Patch it through, but maintain communication silence. And get me an identification on that ship. Patching through, sir. Attention, Tandavi 4. Surrender in the name of the Emperor. We have you under our guns. Sir, it's the Devastator. The Devastator? That's the ship that fired on us before. How could they possibly have followed us through hyperspace? Attention, all crew. Battle stations. Battle Combat stations. control. Battle all deflector shields. All Full power. Battle charge stations. main gun batteries. Navigator, prepare to accelerate out of the system. Commo officer, inform the Devastator this is a consular ship on a diplomatic mission. Can't we make Tatooine, Antilles? We'd be lucky to evade capture, Your Highness. Tatooine will have to wait. Accelerate to full speed. Accelerating, sir. Stand by. Oh! Princess Leia, Your Highness, are you all right? I seem to be. What happened? Open fire. Resume acceleration. Damage control, I want a full report right away. Primary shields near the main solar fit are gone, sir. Our secondaries are holding at 50%. Evasive action. Princess, we're no match for a battle cruiser, but we still might escape if we can just stay out of range. Captain, direct hit on our main solar fin. Reactor and main drive are heating towards critical. Shut down main drive and reactor. Antilles! It's either that or the ship will blow herself apart, Your Highness. Imperial warship is closing with us, Captain. She has a tractor beam fastened to the Tantavi. She's taking us straight into her dorsal boarding lock. Antilles, listen to me. They mustn't take us yet. You've got to delay them. If we resist, the cost in lies will be high, Princess. And if we surrender, the rebellion is lost. First officer, issue arms to all crewmen and stand by to repel borders. All section leaders, issue arms to all crewmen. Report to combat Evacuate stations. Evacuate the bridge. All personnel, report to combat stations. I don't know how much time we can buy, Your Highness. Isn't there some way to get the data tapes off the Tantavi? They've got our communications jammed, and they'd blast any escape pod leaving the ship. One of the crew could conceal it. The Devastator had to track us by following a signal. Someone aboard the Tantavi must have smuggled in a homing device. We can't trust anyone with it. What was that? We've docked in their boarding lock. We must destroy the tapes now so that they'll have no evidence. There must be a way. Antilles, the droid. The Imperials might not blast an escape pod if, if it were only carrying a droid. Princess Leia, they'll blast anything that leaves or falls from this ship. Well, it's worth a chance. I still have restricted access to that droid R2-D2. We can send the information down to Tatooine in his memory banks. Your Highness, a droid? You can't be serious to entrust a maintenance machine with the future of the Rebellion? It's that or nothing. I know it's a slim chance, Antilles, but it's something. Captain, Imperial Stormtroopers are inboard. They'll have heavy weapons in full combat armor. My crew won't be able to hold them back for long. Antilles, if we began to jettison empty pods now, the escape might look less obvious. Your Highness, my duty is to my ship. The sacrifice will have been meaningless unless we deliver the plans. We have to try. All right, all right. T take the portside companionway astern. Right. The droid should be by the labor pool. Okay. You'll have to use an escape pod in the stern cluster. Here, take my blaster. I'll do what I can. So will I. Goodbye, Antilles. Number one escape pod cluster. Go. Captain, stormtroopers are driving us back. Delay them as long as you can. Withdraw, but continue resistance. Number two cluster. Go. We're taking severe losses. Stormtroopers are advancing on your position. Number three cluster. Go. Commander, over here. We've got the captain. Bring him along. War data will want to question this one himself. Really? Old scum. You should even have the guts to fight, huh? Maybe... Maybe I knew resistance was useless. Yeah. 
can join the rest of your scum friends later. Lord Vader is coming aboard. Lord Vader, the Death Star plans are not in the ship's computers. Which is their captain? This, sir. Well, Captain, what have you done with those plans? I don't know what you're talking about. Your life is in my hand, Captain, just as your throat is. Don't struggle or I'll close my fist. Now, what about those transmissions you intercepted? We, we intercepted no transmissions. This, this is a consular ship. We're on a diplomatic... If this is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? Well... A death without meaning. Commander? Sir? Tear this ship apart until you've found those plans, and bring me the ambassador. I want the Princess Leia Organa alive. Set passageway, secure the junction, hold all rebel prisoners for collection. The rest of you stick with me. Your orders is to go all the way astern and work your way forward again. Droid. Droid, quickly. Which way to the labor pool? The labor pool, which way? Oh, never mind. Oh, thank goodness. What? R2D2, come here. Voice override. Actuating code, uh, Epsilon Actual. Switch to holographic recording mode. Acknowledge, R2. Begin recording now. General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I'm unable to present my father's request to you in person, but my ship has fallen under attack and I'm afraid that my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. I have placed information vital to the security of the Rebellion into the memory system of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely to Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. End recording, R2. R2? R2-D2, where are you? You will deliver that message and the information that you are about to receive to Obi-Wan Kenobi on the planet beneath us. Are you hiding, He's located in the vicinity of standardized coordinates Alpha 1733 Mu 9033 R2, First Quadrant. D2. Understand, R2? Now, prepare to record this data tape. This command overrides all programming. Take an escape pod in the stern cluster and eject. Calculate planetary entry ballistics to land you at the coordinates I've given you. Oh, deliver this message and the information I've given you at any cost. Self-preservation and all other restrictions are removed. Do you have all that? Oh, good 
luck on the droid. Is that you? R2-D2 at last! I've been looking all over for you! Wasn't there someone here with you a moment ago? With all this smoke, it's rather hard for me to see. Oh, never mind! Come on, we better hurry. The fighting seems to be coming our way! What are we to do? We'll be sent to the spice mines of Kessel, or smashed into who knows what! Hey! Wait a minute! Where are you going? Artu, you're not allowed in there. That's an escape pod cluster. It's restricted. We'll be deactivated for certain if we're caught. Don't call me a mindless philosopher, you overweight glob of grease. Artu, come out of that escape pod before somebody sees you. Only humans are allowed in there. Secret mission? What mission? What plans? What are you talking about? I most certainly will not get in there with you. You must have gone quite out of your circuit. You'll never see me crawling in somewhere where I'm not supposed to be. Ah! Move aside, R2, big room! All right, so you close the hatch. What good will all this do us? R2, no! That's the firing switch! Now see what you've done, you... You defective! What makes you think you can control this thing? Running maintenance checks on them doesn't make you a qualified pilot, does it? R2... What are you doing to the control board? Standardized coordinates. But, but what? Why are you activating the steering thrusters? Wait a moment. Are you sure this thing is We have Lord Vader. Bring her over here. Darth Vader. I should have known. Only the Dark Lord of the Sith would be so bold. When the Imperial Senate hears that you've attacked an ambassador on a diplomatic vessel, they... You weren't on any mercy mission this time, Your Highness. Where are those plans? I don't know what you're talking about. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Is it not so? Take her away. I'll interrogate her later myself. Lord Vader, should we continue to hold her? If word of this gets out, it could generate sympathy for the rebels in the Imperial Senate. She is too important to us. The Princess Leia Organa is our only link to the rebels' secret base. What I don't understand is why she came here, to this miserable dust ball of a planet. Do sensors indicate a military presence? None, sir. On this planet or anywhere in the solar system. Lord 
Lord Vader. She'll die before she'll tell you anything. Leave that to me. Send out a distress signal from the Tantive Four. Then inform the Senate that all aboard were killed in a mishap. Lord Vader, sensors report that the Tantive Four was jettisoning escape pods during the fighting. There were no life forms reported aboard any of them, but one of them fired at steering thrusters. So, she must have hidden the plans in that pod. I want the pod located and the plans retrieved. See to it personally, Commander. I want them found even if it means tearing apart bit by bit this miserable speck of a planet, this Tatooine. With the capture of Princess Leia Organa, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, advances his designs by one more step. And far below on Tatooine, a young farm boy named Luke Skywalker is about to be caught up in events that will shape the future of a galaxy. Suspended in between in their long entry fall, two singular machines hold the key to the vast conflict between empire and rebellion. Episode 3 by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, David Aykroyd as Antilles, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, and Anne Sachs as Leia. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vigley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. Executive producer was Richard Tosca. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman.
Star Wars was presented by National Public Radio in association with KUSC-FM Los Angeles with the cooperation of Lucasfilm Limited.